This is Matt Brown, and you're listening to Just a Good Conversation. In eight years, my guest has gone from a student in a photography workshop I co-founded to running one of the best collegiate photo departments in the country. For the last three years, Greg Bizaker has been the director of photography at Texas A&M. His growth over the last six years has been wonderful to watch. He's worth a follow on Instagram, as you'll be seeing some of the very best images being made in college sports. Yo, I need to meet the Ben's basketball coach. And so I, I covered the first practice and I got thrown out. Um, yep, I got thrown out on my first practice because they didn't know who I was. And they're like, that dude with the camera, get him out of here. And I was like, oh, okay, um, cool. Uh, I'm your staff photographer. I'm Matt Brown, host of Just a Good Conversation. Take a listen to our archives. My guests have ranged from Oscar and Emmy winners, small business owners, and Mississippi State photographer, Austin Perryman. I was trying to get a uh, get Chamberlain, our other staff photographer, find a way, either our administration or the university, to find a way to fly her over to Omaha, at least for the second or third game. I, I was... I was kind of nervous, not about if we would win or if we would lose, but if I would get the shot. The rest of my conversation with Austin can be found on our archives at justagoodconversation.com. Let's take a quick break from my sponsor before diving into my conversation with Craig. I got a man from Texas on the podcast. How are we doing, Craig? Doing great, Matt. How are you? I'm, I'm great, man, because <laughs> you're killing it and I get to talk about it. You're on uh, fire. Oh, stop it. We're doing good here in Texas. <laughs> we are on Zoom so people can't see that he's uh, he's got a great smile on his face, but you are killing it. I had to get you on. You, I know it's the magic of Tennessee, something that, in that department that it's made like unbelievable photographers. And it's great mentors, really what it is. Yeah. Donald Payne created a program there, brought me there, and uh, – and then from there on, it's it's uh, it's something in the water. Maybe it's the whiskey. Uh, I don't know, but there's something there. Well, and, you uh, brought it to Texas. We we brought it to Texas, and uh, we're really excited about what we're doing here at Texas A&M. You guys, if there's a virus and it's a good one, it's coming out of Tennessee and it's spreading all over the country because it is. I know. We've is, had great photographers. You guys have absolutely affected the way athletic visuals have been the last five, six, seven years. I was trying to think it's been, so you've got, you got at least three photographers uh, come to mind right away that have killed it after Tennessee, Donald Page at the Texas or uh, Titans, right. Kyle Zediger at Tampa Bay Bucks, Austin Perryman is uh, crushing it down in Mississippi state. So like just those three alone are names, but then you've got talented interns that have gone there and oh. gone on to great things. And so, um, I'm I'm fortunate. I met my uh, fiance from there, and uh, we're getting married in nine days. I gotta give a shout out to Haley, but uh, yeah, I, I'm a lucky one. But uh, yeah, no, everything's great coming out of Texas or Tennessee, and uh, now we're here at Texas uh, at Texas A&M and College Station. So everything's good. Big shout out to Haley for saying yes. <laughs> yes, I know it took a lot. It took it, it took many years. Right. Convincing. We had to go to Indiana and then come here. <laughs> You're dragging that poor woman all over the country. I know. We moved, what, three times before she uh, said yes. No, it was all me. I had to, I had to wait until the right moment. So, Well, that a boy. It's all, you know, sports. It's all timing. 
Exactly. Exactly. You don't want to shoot too early. You might miss the reaction. (laughs) That's so true. I needed a long exposure. (laughs) I needed time. (laughs) Multiple cameras, multiple exposures. Remotes everywhere. It just had to be done. But uh, no, we're we're excited. We're getting married in uh, nine days here in uh, Austin, Texas. So I'm almost in my honeymoon. Uh, Right before I timed it perfect. Right before college football starts. So wait, what day are you getting married? I'm getting married August 5th. I go, which is literally the first day of football practice here at Texas a Actually, they yeah. pushed it up. I'm doing the math thinking like, wait a minute, you're getting married like right as it starts. Yeah. I don't know how I timed that any better. I think the best part is, is that I put it, I gave away my wedding invitations, uh, the invites, the RCPs and the coach announced Jimbo Fisher announced when the first football practice was, was and it's the first day, but then they moved it up. So now it's like three days earlier. So I'm not going to cover it, but I, I am coming back for the team photo on Sunday uh, after my wedding. But then I'm going on my honeymoon. I have to come back to College Station anyways. Oh. But uh, then I'm going on my honeymoon. So uh, there might not be any practice photos. I, I do know that Kate, uh, our other staff photographer, is going to kill it. I don't have to worry about anything, and our students are going to kill it. But, uh, uh, yeah, no, I uh, I planned that accordingly. I, I needed a little bit of break right before football season. All right. Well, big shout-out to Kate for recovering your butt while you're gone. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So doing the research on you, I did not know what you just had told me before we hit the record button. Army brat. So yes. that that scattered you all over the country. We're, oh, yeah. We're, okay, so were you born in, in the States? Or are you a, a German kid or a South Korean uh, kid? Uh, I was born in Hawaii. Oh, well, okay. Yep. Former territory. <laughs> yeah. Uh, born in Hawaii and then uh, moved uh, moved a lot uh, throughout continental United States. Uh, spent some time at West Point, New York, Military Academy. I, uh, I joked that I, I lived there for four years, didn't get a degree. Uh, uh, how but, embarrassing. I was a ball boy there, so I fell in love with sports. Uh, my dad uh, uh, was an officer, and they have this program where uh, kind of you have a military liaison to the coaching staff, and my dad actually uh, worked with the men's basketball program. So oh. all the cadets used to stay at our house. Uh, that, it used to be the getaway place. Uh, so, um, so it was fun, and then uh, I actually got to travel. So go to Notre Dame, Duke, those kind of places. Uh, they were rough games, uh, but it was still fun. It was college basketball um, and the Patriot League at the time. It was awesome. And then, uh, Wait, how and, old were you when you're when you guys were at West Point? Oh man, I was I was in elementary school, so I was just starting to remember a lot. <laughs> so you're a little guy, like seven, eight, yeah. nine, ten. Oh, yeah, I was a ball boy. I was I was literally running after the ball, wiping up sweat on the court. And Did then, you realize uh, like where you're at? That it kind of. Like I was there for 9-11. That, that puts it in perspective. Fudge. Yeah. Yep. So I was there during 9-11, and it's actually what kept us there. Uh, my dad's job uh, kept us there. Uh, he's a military police. He just retired. Um, shout out to my dad. Uh, he was a general, um, and so uh, they, they're happily retired in Pennsylvania. But, uh, yeah, so did West Point, and then we actually moved overseas. So I actually lived in Korea, South Korea, uh, for three years, Uh did that, did middle school there, and then uh, got fortunate to uh, move back to uh, Hawaii. Uh, so, uh, and then my dad deployed um, while we were in Hawaii. So Hawaii was good. And it's actually where I picked up a camera. Um, in Hawaii? 
Yeah, not a bad place to pick up a camera. No, what was uh, the reason for picking it up? Yeah, so my dad got deployed, and he was like, hey, uh, here's a camera, document your life, essentially, and send me photos. Send me photos of you and your mom. And I was like, okay. Well, how old I, are you? I was a, I was 16, uh, a little bit younger than actually, maybe, uh, and I was just got into high school. So, okay, 14? Yeah, fourteen, and uh, and it was great, um, and it was easy to take a photo of decency. Right. You're living in Hawaii; it's you take a picture of a water wave, and it looks cool. Right? Were you a little surfer kid, all brown, running around the island? No, no, no. I we were stuck in more traffic. I it was sim- <laughs> essentially like L.A. Um, I always tell people. I, I always tell people that Hawaii was great, and I loved Hawaii. But going from Korea to Hawaii. It was difficult because I was in that age of wanting to go do and explore, and it's hard to explore on an island, and, and you, you want to go and cut class and go to surfing and the beach and everything, but it's really not that lifestyle. Um, you're, you're, it's a normal lifestyle, and you might get to go to the beach here and there, but no, it was good. And then, uh, and then we got fortunate. We moved to Colorado Springs, and that's really where photography picked up. So uh, I, I had to join yearbook. I needed a, an art credit. <laughs> oh uh yeah no joined your book and uh it, it was it actually got me to what i wanted to be so how was that for you as a little guy right were you an only child at the time or are I, I am an only child yep yep so how was that like growing up south korea growing up hawaii bouncing around and like mom and dad are basically your best friends because your yeah. friends bye i'm leaving here i'm going there was yeah it- i I, uh, I credit it to a lot of who I am, but at the same time, um, it was tough. You, you move around like almost every two to three years. Um, but you get really good at making friends and, uh, and, and you got to think that everyone else is doing the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. So you mil- move to a military base, you go to your youth soccer tryouts or whatever, they right. place you on a team and those are your friends now. And then you go to the first day of class and everyone's new, um, or at least, 10 kids are new or 12 kids are new. And, uh, and so you just become, you become family. And, uh, and then, uh, my first, so I went to, I went to all kind of military schools, uh, DOD Dodd schools until, uh, Hawaii. I went to a private school, which the graduating class, it was, was going to be 24 people. Uh, my mom was a private school teacher and I'm actually dyslexic. So I went to a, at dyslexic school, uh, asset, uh, assets was shout out to them. Uh, great school. Um, and, uh, they actually, uh, actually got me into a little bit of photography, teaching me photography. And that's, I think why I fell in love with it. I wasn't good with the math and the whole history and science and everything, but, uh, I fell in love with photography. And then, uh, what was, was it? My first school. What was it that you fell in love with? Was it the creating, the camera, the control. I think it was all of it. To tell you the truth, Matt, I think it was everything. It was it was something that I, it was a niche, and it was a it was it was a niche that I could really get uh, part of. And then the crazy thing, though, is that I moved from there to a public school in Colorado for the first time. And that public school, I think my graduating class was like four hundred or five hundred. So I went from twenty four to like. 400 Pine Creek high school. It was, it's a huge school in Colorado Springs. Uh, they've got some state championships in, uh, sports and, uh, yeah, it was just like, wow, I'm going from a class that was my, my, my real class 
was the size of my yeah. So uh, no, and then that's when uh, the the passion kind of became a little bit of a job, and uh, I saw the benefits of it in Colorado Springs, and I uh, I shot photos for the Colorado Springs Gazette, uh, high school high school prep photos because I was already out there for a yearbook, and I were like, hey, can you give us some photos? And I was like, yeah, sure. Uh, Christian Murdoch was there, a uh, great, talented photographer. Um, and Brent Bergerman, I think he actually just became the sports editor. Uh, I think he announced today. Um, so he's still there, which is crazy. And uh, they kind of gave, gave me my first shot. And then uh, from there on, I knew I wanted to go and major in it. So I went to a, I went to the, a school that was not in anything in photography. It was located in Washington, D.C., or outskirts of DC. And I knew that it had the access that I wanted. And so I went to George Mason university, no football program whatsoever. <laughs> and now I'm literally in my office is in Kyle field, uh, the fifth largest college football stadium. And I went to a school that had no college football. How big was that even that school? Well, so that's the crazy thing. George Mason is the largest Virginia state school. So it's a massive school. Yeah, it's a massive school. They just don't have a football. And you'll, you'll actually remember them. So Jim Laranega was the coach. They are the Cinderella story. Right. So that's where Jim Laranega went from there to Miami. Um, and I didn't get that. I, I didn't get that fortunate. I, he left right after I got there. Uh, I know. I know. So I had four years of uh, tough basketball. Um, they went from the CAA to the A-10. It was, it was rough. Um, but, uh, it was great. I, I got, I actually was going to potentially go to Syracuse and I thought it was going to be hard to get an opportunity to go shoot things because they had so many talented people and I wanted to jump right into it and I didn't want to kind of stop shooting. And, uh, I had an opportunity to go and photograph politics in DC and I was like, you know what, uh, let's try to continue it. Uh, one of my great mentors, uh, Jeff, who retired from the Senate Sergeant of Arms, gave me the opportunity. He said, yo, come to school here. Come to school anywhere in the D.C. area, and you can continue your, continue your internship, and maybe we can make this something. And uh, I remember I did it for the whole summer, and I stopped, and I was like, I am not making this commute. <laughs> I was like, I'm not doing this. And I actually did a couple of newspapers up there, uh, The Hill. I did politics, and I was like, man, this is, this is not my cup of tea. And uh, I had a great in- mentor of Andrew Harnick with the Washington Times when I did my internship there, who's now with the AP uh, in D.C. And uh, he killed it. And he, made- I remember they called me the young giraffe because I would get my he- head stuck in things for it, essentially because I- I'd be that one person like uh, Preston, Car- uh, Preston would always call it. He would like joke is that they look around and they'd be like, where, where the hell is Craig? Like, why is he doing that? And then they're, they'd come back and they'd be just laughing at me. They're, I'm like, I don't know how I got locked out of there, but I did. And uh, Andrew, I remember sending me out like tailgating photos and he's like, yo, go make something. And I came back with nothing. And he's like, what did you do? I was like, I, there was no tailgating. It's, it's Washington uh, Redskins, Washington football team. There's nothing. And he's like, there's gotta be something. And then he went out and made this beautiful photo. And I was like, dude, like I can't get someone to do that for me. And he's like, you don't have to get them. You just got to go look for it. And I was like, all right. So, uh, so no, I appreciate all those guys as my mentors. And then, uh, Donald page came into, uh, the picture, uh, at Tennessee and now we're here. Um, no, uh, Tennessee so, I mean, was- what, what's your process to get to Tennessee? 
What were you thinking? A job? Uh, no, I actually saw a Facebook post. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, so I was in uh, – I, I had – I was – kind of figuring it out. I had a great boss at the time, uh, Evan Cantwell at George Mason University. He was going to give me a job and he was going to say, hey, uh, you can stay here in D.C. and shoot university. So communication stuff, um, kind of like PR. And I was like, okay, cool. That's not really what I want to do. But I thought it was cool and it was a job and it was in D.C. and I I could stay and I could live with my fraternity brothers at the house and it was good. But uh, I don't know. I – I saw a Facebook post in a, a group and Donald was looking for uh, assistant photographer, uh, Wade Rackley, who was used to be Auburn's photographer. I just left uh, Tennessee, another great t- photographer. Uh, he had just left and uh, I was like, Oh snap. Um, I should apply. And, uh, <laughs> and I applied and I don't even, I was not their first can Like I was not their first choice, but I think they were scared because I didn't have any college. Like I didn't have college athletics. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're bare at that point. Yeah. I, I I didn't have college football. I didn't know what a hundred thousand fans looked like. Um, and I had in my first game, my first like true college football experience was Baker Mayfield, Oklahoma coming to Tennessee and winning. And the like last second, I was like, this is what college football is like. Okay. So Uh, what did your book look like? What was your portfolio? Uh, my portfolio was a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of DC sports. So I had, I was fortunate. I actually got to shoot, uh, RG three. Um, unfortunately he tore his ACL, I think in my year. Um, and then I had, I had nationals winning for getting into the postseason for like the first time with Bryce Harper. Um, all those kind of things were great. Um, but it was a lot of politics too. Uh, I had, I had, so Obama was going through, um, did a little bit of that politics stuff. Um, we had, uh, or, um, let's see, we had a lot of, a lot of politics and, and I didn't really know. Cause that was the crazy thing is that I actually met you, Matt, uh, during sports shooter and I used a little bit of that, but I didn't really have a polished portfolio. And I think that Donald took a risk. Um, and I appreciate him for taking the risk because it got me to Tennessee. What do you think but he said? I don't know. Um, I think he was looking for someone that, that was eager, and I was I was young and dumb, and I would always say yes to everything, so I tried to shoot everything. Um, sometimes that's a good thing, and sometimes that, that's a bad thing. Right. But, uh, I had never lived in Tennessee, and he was like, yo, if you want to move here, by all means, move here. And so I moved there with like, I had a, I didn't even have any furniture. I had a mattress. My parents, my parents flew to Virginia and we loaded up a van. I rented my parent, my mom and dad rented a van and I drove my truck and we drove from Virginia to Tennessee. And I found the one bedroom t- like apartment that had a good view of the water, like the Tennessee river. And I hunkered down and I was like, all right, I'm here. Let's do this. and uh, i remember showing up to work and donald actually i think was at disneyland and i had like a week of just sitting in the office not knowing what to do and i think he was like all right is this kid gonna make it (laughs) (laughs) but no i it was great and then i had butch jones era of tennessee and then i had tennessee basketball so i had rick barnes and they were still trying to make it and uh rick barnes was still trying to uh build a team 
And I remember I was like, man, I really like basketball. I really want to photograph basketball because that's all I knew. Okay. Because that's all I in college. Sure. I, I, and so I was like, oh, I, I'm a passionate basketball photographer. That's why I kept on telling myself. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I remember Rick Barnes was like, yo, do you want to come to – well, Rick Barnes didn't say it, but Tom Sokoviak, the SID, said it. He was like, do you want to come with us to Barclays Classic, so Thanksgiving weekend? And I was like, I got nothing else. My family's not coming into town. Sure. And I called my dad and mom, and I was like, yo, I'm going to New York City for the first time, like, for work. And they're like, where are you going? I was like, I'm going to the Barclays Classic. My dad, being a huge college basketball person, was like, oh, I'm going to come. And so they showed up in New York, and we had Thanksgiving together. It was great. But uh, the funny thing is, well, sad thing is, is I don't think we won a game there, and then we got smoked. Um, but uh, I made good photos, I think. I don't know. I don't, I don't really remember much. It was just an exciting time in my life. And I was, again, young, and I was like, oh, I'll just jump on this plane with them. And it would be my first real rodeo. And uh, it was a rough season. I remember that. Uh, I think Kentucky smacked us, but we did beat them at home. Uh, so I, and then the SEC is a special place. Oh, yeah. And the talented photographers that I got to meet my first year at Tennessee was insane. And got to meet Chet and all those guys. And, uh, and it, was, it was just a – it was a – it was a great experience, and then my second year with Donald was awesome. And then, how much you know, now? How much is Donald kind of mentoring you in the process? Because it's your oh, first, it's your first athletic department job, and there's a lot of do's and don'ts. Yeah, there's a lot of it, and you got to build trust. And um, Donald is a great mentor, and um, and then it's it's a it's a lot of that like draft instincts. Like you're, you're going to get, you're going to do something dumb and you're going to be like, okay, probably don't need to do that again. Right. So I think my first year there was like, okay, I got to learn. And it was a lot of, Oh my gosh, like, can I do this? Can I do that? And then your second year, you're like, okay, I've built a little bit of trust. You build a little bit of relationship and it's like every place you go, you gotta, you gotta feel it out. And then um, what, you find your itches. Yeah. What sport, were you most surprised of like, Oh my God, that is so much more difficult than I thought. Volleyball to make a good photo. Okay. Because it's easy to make a celebration photo. I thought, <laughs> yeah, because that's all they do. Exactly. But like to make a good action photo, it was like that instincts. And then I always, we had, we hosted sec swimming and diving my second year, I think it was. And it was just like overwhelming, but like we had Caleb Drexel and like all those insane athletes because of the sec in Florida and, even Tennessee had some killer athletes and it's, and it was like, wow, I love this. And then we bought an underwater housing for it. And I was like, this is insane. And then I actually got to do Olympic trials because Tennessee had so many athletes qualify. So I went to Omaha to do the Olympic trials and I just was like, this is, this is like, I admired like El, Al Bello and like all those guys, like doing all those kind of things, the Olympics. And I was just like, Oh, I'm going to get that shot. And I never did. I never <laughs> did. Cause those guys are like insane. But like, I was fortunate to go and like photograph the Olympic trials, which was the last one, like Phelps did. Mm-hmm. And so like him and Lockie. And it was just one of those sports, like swimming and diving for me was one of those like sports that I was like, wow, I didn't appreciate it until I actually got to experience it at a higher caliber and try to make something so different every single time. Because essentially you're going up and down on a pool. Like, you know exactly where they're going, you know that, but like, it, there's a little bit of a differentiation from a stroke. 
and this and that, but it's either you do it two times or you do it four times, right? right. There's not really, you got to kind of think outside the box and um, to build a relationship with those, those teams and to kind of figure them out. So once they did it like the third time and you knew exactly where they were going to pop their head up and that kind of things, you kind of picked up on it and made your photos better. You always joke that you get lucky in photography, but there's also knowing where the luck is going to happen. Mm-hmm. One of those things that I, I think that it helps when you get to cover it so much. And at Tennessee, uh, uh, one of the greatest things at Tennessee for photography is that they have such good sports and you get to cover such elite athletes. And that's the same in the SEC in college athletics. I describe college athletics as a whole as a mini Olympics because if I not doing well at this sport, I can go over to another sport. And then if the team isn't doing well, hot, we can go to one of the other 18 sports here at Texas A&M. So I'm fortunate that in the fall, I get four different sports to photograph. And then in the winter, I get maybe four more and, keeps on going and then and then after one year it's another round of it (laughs) (laughs) we're never stops when you know because you're young at this point at tennessee so you're young you're young enough to still like have a relationship with the athletes but you still have to build those relationships now with older adults working in the administration. You've got people who could be 60, 70 years old. Coaches could be 40 or 50. You've got assistant coaches. How was that for you juggling those relationships early in your career? Oh, I'm still doing it. Uh, I've got a coach, Jimbo Fisher doesn't have social media, so he doesn't understand what sometimes what we're doing here. Uh, But like, I think especially in the younger ages, it's, you're so at like you're so eager and everything on social media and the athletes are so wanting to get the photos and everything. But at the same time, sometimes you just got to build the trust with the coaching staff so that they trust you to give you the access to get to the athletes. Um, and I think, I think it's, it's hard. It, it definitely is. It's, it's one of those things where it's, you just got to know, you, you got to feel it out. And I think growing up as an army brat, it helped with that. Um, but again, it's, you never want to get in trouble because that's the first sign that, or you never want to like, uh, kind of put yourself in a bad situation where the the coaches are not going to trust you in the future. Right. So, and it's not just head coaches or anything because you have a whole support staff with them. Sure. Oh, you've got their SIDs, you've got assistant coaches, you've got a ton of staff who are also looking at you. So as, as you make your way into this inner circle of these staffs, you gotta, you gotta build on that trust. Do you think it was an advantage being an only child jumping around from school to school, having to build relationships that it's helped you now in your career? Oh, Hey young man, or Hey gal, you know, let me, we're buddies. And then, Hey coach this. So you're building relationships. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it, I, I credit being an army brat to a lot of things, and that's one of them. That's one of them. And being able to adapt. I can also get a box thrown in my room and be able to pack it up really quick. <laughs> how, how, I was like, how quickly can you get something in a duffel bag? And I'm out of here. Boom. <laughs> how fast can I pack a pelican case is a really good question. No, uh, no I, I think it's, it's one of those things where um, it, it's, it's, it's helped me adapt to situations when, when it is. And, and 
in career wise, I've, I've moved from Tennessee to Indiana. I was there for two and a half, almost three years and then moved from there to here. And I think if we move again, my, uh, my soon to be wife will kill me. So I think we're going to be here for a while, at least for a little while. And, uh, I actually joked the other day, um, we just had men's basketball photo day. And I think this will be, this will be my first ever time seeing someone come in as a freshman and graduate as a senior because I'll be here for four years. So I'll see them all the way through. Wow. I'm excited about that. I'm like, Oh, I have photos from your freshman year. Now I have photos from your senior year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a solid building relationship. Yes. Having that kid in front of you for four years. That's yeah, he huge. even joked. He goes, you took my freshman headshot, now you're taking my senior headshot. I'm like, that's that's you know when they know, oh, yeah, you've been there, part of it. Right. I mean, what you want, and, you know, it's I, like you, just building those relationships are super important. From my athletes, especially at Cal State Fullerton for the 22 years I was there, I did 38 weddings. That's crazy. From, you know, these kids that I started to know is 18 that years later became adults. And you're like, wow. And now they that, probably have kids and everything. They have yeah. kids. And yeah, it's um, unbelievable. It's, it's very humbling too. Yeah. You're, you're a part of their, cause they're hanging their photos up after and they're telling their kids about it. They're showing your, your, your photos to their kids later on down right. the line. And they're going to be like, yo, you remember when, and they're going to be like, yeah, I remember that photographer. He was <laughs> crazy or yeah, he always had a camera in my face, but I appreciate it now when I was telling him to go away. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I it's it's a great rewarding feeling, and it's it's really why I appreciate photography is it's being able to capture those kind of moments for especially for our college athletes. When you were at Tennessee, do you think that's when things were starting to click for you? Yes, and then when I left, I went to Indiana, and uh, and. Donald helped me go there and, and getting there. And, uh, and it was the, so they had a, they had a, a older photographer who had just left. He had been there for a while, but they were looking for a rebrand and it was a part of the Mark Cuban uh, center. So the Cuban center, um, it was inside a really renovated, newly renovated assembly hall. Um, and I remember walking in and, uh, I remember looking at my desk and there was a broken, I think it was like a 16 to 35. No, it was an icon. So it was like 14 millimeter lens that couldn't go past. They were stuck at 14. And then there was a broken like 400. And I was like, what am I supposed to do? And they're like, we don't know. That's why we hired you. And I was like, oh my God, like, what am I going to do for like, I have football games coming up. And so was able to get it all worked out, but man, it was, and then we restarted the whole program there. And, um, we were able to get some really talented students. Um, and then we got a GA who then took over for me when I left, uh, Missy Manier, who's now at uh, Kansas, who just won a championship in uh, women's or men's basketball. Um, she, she was there and she was the GA for me. And then uh, she took over to be the director after I left to come here. And, uh, and rebuilding a program was – it was – it was something else. It's a learning experience. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I, I mean, mean, that's what I think. That Indiana part of your career, I think, when I look at it from the outside and from the research, like, that was a pivotal moment. Yes. Because if it doesn't go right. I'm and, not here. Yeah. Well, you, God knows where you're at, you know? I mean, because it's. I'm probably still stuck at Indiana. Are you, when you look at that job when you're in Tennessee, 
right? Because Tennessee, it's it's happening. You're, you yes. got Donald. Things are crushing. You guys are really being innovative. How do you look at that Indiana job as like a challenge or like, you know, it's the ego thing. I can go somewhere next and I can make them better. Or was it like, were you ready to spread your wings? What were you thinking when you looked at that Indiana job? It was all of it. It was all of it. Um, it was, it was cockiness of saying, yeah, I could do this. Mm -hmm. Um, it was wanting to do it to try to try to promote, see what I could do. It was also them wanting me. Um, that was exciting. Uh, that was an exciting feeling of being wanted and being, Hey, come here and do what you're doing there. And, um, their, uh, their associate AD, Jeremy Gray gave like jumped out and was like, you should come here. And they were new. They had just hired a new football coach, Tom Allen. Um, he had been there, but he, he was new. He was now the new head coach. Um, and then they had just hired a new men's basketball coach. Tom Crean had left and Archie Miller, um, had gotten there and, uh, he was exciting and he was new and it was, it was a lot of like excitement and, I was looking for it, it was something that was again new. It, right. it was and nothing against Tennessee. Tennessee was awesome, um, but I, I was ready for something. Right. I mean, at some point, you want your own shop, and that's really what you were going to. Exactly. And it's exactly. the next step. It's the challenge. You know, at some point, you know, you get, it's not to get from with under and out from Donald, but you want to go and make oh, yeah. Indiana what it is at Tennessee. Because I, I gave a big that a boy when you got that job because I felt like, okay, from what I saw from Tennessee, you're going to be able to transform them. It's up to Indiana allowing that. Yes. So did they put your arms around you and embrace you and go, go get them, Tiger? Or was uh, it? It, it was. Uh, or was there teeth pulling? There was teeth bit? pulling. There was definitely teeth pulling. Um, I think you were able to build the relationships right away. Um, and you saw it, but it was, uh, you weren't working with the same budgets. Uh, you had to go through a lot of hoops and try to, we, we, uh, my, our office space, our studio space was no bigger than maybe the desk that I'm sitting at. Like it, it was tight right. and we were <laughs> the working space. So like we were in assembly hall and the stands were essentially the slope of my office. So like my office was sloped um, and the resources were there, but they, they were hard to get. And so you had to prove yourself and I had not, I, I had just gotten there. So I was like, okay, well I need help. And honestly, to this day, um, a great Canon rep took care of me and uh, John Scott at Robert's camera in Indianapolis uh, took me in. He was like, what do you need? And I was like, everything. Uh, and he's like, no, we're like, seriously. And I was like, bro, the list is long. And he's like, just send it to me. And so um, that was it. But the other thing was that Indiana was looking for a rebuild. And that was one of those excitement things is that they were saying, hey, we're going to do this. What do you need from us? And so, and I said, hey, I need student help. Okay, let's go. Let's go put out ads. Let's, let's. I was like, right. Did you prioritize? Did you like yeah. create a list and be like, Oh God, <laughs> yeah. where, where, where can I plug every hole? Um, Craig, no, tell badly. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I was like, Oh, I need to meet the Ben's basketball coach. And so I, I covered the first practice and I got thrown out. 
Um, oh. Yeah, I got thrown out of my first practice because they didn't know who I was. And they're like, that dude with a camera, get him out of here. And I was like, oh, okay, um, cool. Uh, I'm your staff photographer. Uh, that was scary. Um, so I didn't know if I'd ever be asked back. I got apologized the next day and they asked me back. But it was still one of those things where like, I was like, I'm the new guy. I, I've got to build this trust. And then so like the first year I didn't travel with them. And that was hard. That was itching. It's Indiana basketball. Like their fans itch for photos. Okay. How much traveling did you do on away with Tennessee? Uh, a good amount. I, I traveled a good amount. If we could do it, I was, I was trying to jump on the trips, but I was also, I was dating Haley and I didn't have a dog or anything. And oh, I was trying girls. to get on those trips. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to get on those trips. I was, I was like itching to get on road trips and Donald and I both traveled for football. Right. Um, so that was helpful. I got on those trips, but then like I got to Indiana and I was like, so is that your idea at Indiana? I'm going to try to be everywhere. <laughs> well, yes and no. So Haley stayed at Tennessee to get her masters. Okay. So Haley and I did st- like a, a long distance for a year. And I, I credit a lot of the success to Indiana because I could literally stay in my office. I, I, I I had a couch in the office and I, I remember sleeping there a couple times because I was like, the archive was messed up and I was like, I'm going to fix it. And in what uh, way? Oh, uh, we, there was no captions. There was no metadata. It, it was, yeah. And then there was no digital asset management system. And so, what was it? Yeah, CDs it, and it, thumb drives? Uh, There's a lot of hard drives. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and then there was like, drives that were mounted and mapped it it was a mess but I told myself okay how am I going to build these trusts with coaches and it was okay put my face in front of them as much as possible and I don't care if they don't know my name but as long as they associate associate me with the guy that has a camera that is a part of their teams and so I started with the smaller sports because I knew they would appreciate it more Mm -hmm. and I was like okay I'm going to start with these sports and so I started with like softball and tennis and uh field hockey and rowing and then from there i I jumped on the men's soccer bandwagon because they were really really good and todd yegley had a great program and they were making the final four of college soccer and 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 then i also used this like i had the staffs like my support staffs of like video and social media graphics try to introduce me and srds try to introduce me as much as possible to try to build on those relationships. And I remember hit best time. One of my groomsmen, actually, uh, his name's Patrick, Patrick Dane and Scott Burns. And I got in a car. We drove to Virginia, drove from Indiana to Virginia, uh, worked a, no, we drove to Indiana to Maryland to cover a men's soccer game. Cause it was one versus two. Maryland was a big time deal. Uh, we tied, we tied them uh, and then drove from there to UVA to get a football game, uh, helped them with football, and then we drove back wow. all within a week. And it was an insane trip, but I credit a lot of that is like, hey, the coach was like, oh, shoot, he's going to travel. Like, they're not – like, he's serious. Like, they're going to make an effort to cover our teams. Let's take care of them. And then we we formed a lot of good relationships, and then – Football there really was striving to get any coverage um, at Indiana. And so Tom Allen was a great uh, – opened the door and said, hey, what can, we do, what can we do to help you? 
And I was like, access, access is everything. Let me in your locker room. And he was like, okay. And then was that, was that not happening prior? I don't know. I don't know if it was or wasn't, but I knew that I needed to Like I needed to make it a point to, Hey, if this team is, if we're going to build a relationship, I think that these are how we can do it. And, how uh, was the <clears throat> visual infrastructure around you? Was there social media support? Were there people yeah. getting, I mean, you can make the world's best widgets, but if nobody knows about them, right, then you're just a guy yeah. with a bunch of weird widgets. No, they have a, they had a great uh, social media team. Uh, there was an individual, her name was Leighton Phillips. She did a great job of getting our photos out there and, um, there was a strategy behind it. Okay. Um, and so I, Mark Cuban, the Cuban center, um, did a good job at that. And then also they had a great talented, uh, support of students. And that was the other thing. It was to get my students in front of coaches so that they knew we were building a team. So it wasn't just a one person show. This mm-hmm. was a team. So if I'm not there, we can cover the 24 sports. Right. And uh, we can fulfill some of our, our ambitions. And so uh, it, was, it was really good. And uh, I think men's basketball was the toughest to jump on the, on the, on the bandwagon just because it's so coveted. Um, Indiana men's basketball, is, is, it's the pride of Indiana. And uh, it was hard to get on there. But once, once I was on there, I was on there. And traveling and everything, I got a seat. And uh, it, it was going really well. And, uh, I bought a house in Indiana, uh, and I was all set. We, Haley and I were, we were good. And then that's a commitment. Texas, oh yeah. And then Texas A&M called. And the funny thing is, is that while I was working at Tennessee, Haley and I, Haley drove down to Texas with her girlfriend, Tennessee and Texas A&M played. And so I traveled for that game with Donald and I walked into Kyle field and I was like blown away. I was at Matt this place is insane. Right. And I was like, it's 102,000 fans. And I was just like, wow, this is, this is Mecca. And I, I left that trip and I told Haley when we got back and I was like, if Texas A&M ever had an opening, that would be one of those like top five places. And, uh, Brad Marquardt called me, who is the sports information director here at Texas A&M and said, hey, you should apply for this job. Well, he actually asked me, what do we need to do for the job? And I was like, well, you need a lot of things. And he's like, well, you would you be interested in coming here? And I was like, Brad, I just bought a house. I was like, I'm happy. Like, we're good. We have a dog. Like, everything is good in Indiana. And, like, I'd also told myself I'd, I'd just gotten here. i just gotten there two and a half years. And I was like, I don't want to – I don't want to leave yet. I, I, I thought there was a lot to do left. And then he's like, why don't you just come down here and see what we have to offer? Now, how did and he I, find you? So Brad and I knew each other from SEC. Okay. He had, he had followed me from there. And then we kept in touch because he's always said that Texas A&M was going to build a photography because they never had a staff photographer. And you know this too. There's a lot of places in this country yep. with really, really good athletic departments that do have not art. have staff photographers. And they had great they had great freelancers and they had great contributors. So like But it's not the same. But it's not the same. And I and that was like what Brad was always like. He was like, hey, we need to get a staff photographer. And like they had some killer, killer 
photographers and um it it just worked out and like you'll laugh at some of like the portrait photographers andrew hancock right like he's like one of the best portrait photographers out there and he was coming down and doing all these portraits but like at the same time they were like well what if we need a headshot and then they were taking it on a green screen and it was terrible and and so when brad called and he was like hey we're actually serious about this and i was like okay, you've been telling me that for how long? <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 this is the serious. Like, we're, we're actually opening up a position. And I was like, okay, I'll come down there. I would love to do it. Um, and I had to go through an interview process, and it was – there were some really talented people in there. I don't know why they picked me, but they did. Um, okay, so what were you looking for, right? Because at this point, yeah. you're fighting from high ground. You've got a job. Yes. You've got a woman that loves you. you got a dog. You got a house. We had a, we had a great program. We right. had a great program in Indiana. Like, yeah, you're moving. Yeah, you're moving that ship in the right direction. Yep. So you're and, high ground. What are you telling them? Like, you're interviewing them as much as you, they're interviewing you. Yeah i I was looking for I was looking for buy in. Okay. Uh, I was looking for help. That was the other thing. So, like, one of the things that Indiana I was it was tough was that. We, I was with 24 sports. You're looking for an assistant. You're looking for that second. Photographer. Oh, you got to people don't but understand. That's that's they weren't really looking at that at the time. They were like, Hey, we just, we just laid the foundation. We're not really ready for that. And I was like, okay, well that's tough. And in the, or in Texas A&M was like, Hey, we're ready to make an investment. We're ready to make a commitment to this. And that was a huge thing. And then it was, no one knew what photography really was yet. Like they didn't have a staffer. So they were like, you can do whatever you want. You can make it whatever you want. That's dangerous. I was like, like, that's really dangerous for me. And I was like, okay. And then they're like, (laughs) rubbing your hands like a mad scientist. Yes. Yes. Okay. um, (laughs) They were like, Hey, we know things can succeed here. And I was like, okay, well you guys have great programs and that's, what do you think kind of drove what them? Thinking. What do you mean? Like, were they looking at Texas and going, damn it, I want to do what they are doing? Or did they look at their ineptness and go like, Jesus, we've got to get our shit straight? I think they were looking at like Tennessee's. They were looking okay. at LSU. Like Chris Perrin at LSU, um, LSU picks, like LSU was killing it. Chet at Kentucky were killing it. And I think they were looking at across the SEC. Okay. And going, oh, we're – we're behind. Right. And like Mississippi state with Kelly there at the time, she was killing it. And old miss with Josh there, he was crushing it. So like they were looking at all these sec schools and they're like, Oh man, we're behind in that. And then you had Texas creating a multimedia department with all these talented individuals. And they're like, we can't even, we don't even have a photographer. Right. <laughs> um, and, and the other thing is, is that they had a good foundation of media because they had they had twelfth uh, man productions, which was right around the corner, but they didn't have that individual that was in charge of it, and they weren't even really looking for a photographer because all the people that they were looking for were photographers. And I think that's the other thing in this day and age that everyone that like we have a position open right now, and we're looking for a third photographer. So that shows the investment from Texas A and M. We're wow. looking for a third photographer. You know, there's, and you know, there's newspapers that don't have three photographers right now. Exactly. So we're 18 sports, three photographers. We're really proud of it. Um, 
and it's really going to put us in a position to succeed for the way that we want to cover things. But I think what you look at it is that we were, they were looking at it in the sense of we have so many good photographers out there that applied. Can we get a manager? Can we get someone that can push this over the edge? And I'm glad that they invested in me. Um, and I am currently sitting in a studio with, that's a brand new studio. That's 4,600 square feet. Um, they had a brand new AD, uh, Ross Bjork, who is like insane, um, vision. And, uh, Michael Thompson had a great vision of this department of, uh, what it is. And they brought all of the creatives that were outside of 12 band production. So graphic design, uh, social media, photography and motion all within one department to form 12 man creative. And then I might have decided to occupy a space that was not really my space. Um, and said, this was my office and put a sign on the door that said, this is Craig's office, which was this huge open space. And it legit had a hotel room in it in Kyle field. That's a, another story for another day. But, um, <laughs> I occupied this space and then you'll laugh, Matt, the space flooded. So when, when people heard about Texas in the wind, like that whole deep freeze in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. This was one of those spaces that had a deep freeze and it flooded. So I walked in on a Friday morning of the freeze after I got my car out of Texas snow and I've driven in snow. I've lived in Colorado. Like yeah. I know what snow is, but Texas doesn't know what snow no. is. So you don't drive in snow in Texas. So for three days straight, we, we were in our house bundled up and I was like, oh, okay, well, let's go find out if the office survived. And I came in on Friday morning to actually do a headshot for one of our coaches who actually made it, which I was so surprised he made it for a headshot, came in for a headshot. And I was like, man, the office looks great. Like we're good. And then I left and I came back the next day and there was four inches of water in the office, Oh, which I don't know if it was God telling me, hey, this is not going to work or it is going to work, but it was God telling me something's going to happen. And so my office was in the corner, and thankfully that was in, like, the higher ground of the four inches, so, like, it didn't get any of the gear or anything. And, like, I packed up all the gear because there was a snowball fight on Kyle Field, and I was afraid that somehow students were going to get into my office and steal camera gear. Um, <laughs> but, like, every, like, everything survived. Maybe a couple paper rolls didn't, but that was my fault. Um, and we got to a point where the office, they were like, what do we do? And I was like, we rebuild, we destroy this place. We gut it and we start over. And they're like, wait, you don't want the hotel room back? And I was like, no, I don't want a hotel room in my office. No. I was like, I was like let's get more space. And so, um, after a long debate about if this space would actually be mine, um, they finally gave it to me. I don't know why. I don't. I think it was because they were more. They were. They were so annoyed with me asking so many times, "What are they going to do with the space?" Because it was being used seven days out of the year for concession check-in, and I was like, "Hey, seven days out of the year for ch- concessions? Like, that's not. I can use it 365 days. Let me prove it." And so they gutted the space, and they said, "Prove it," and I said, "Give me six months." And so for six months, the space was not renovated, but it was, it was four walls, two windows, big windows, and it was a studio. And there was still 
there was drywall hanging from like corners. <laughs> Outlets didn't work. Uh, it was cold. There's no AC or heat at times. And um, oh man. And the best part was is that it had carpet because but for four because it was floating for four days, uh, the carpet had popped off, but all the stickiness was still there. So once they got the water out, all the carpet glue was there. So it was great for paper rolls because I put down a paper roll, it stuck to the floor. So I didn't have to tape it. But uh, yeah, we were like, this is terrible. But uh, I thought it was the best thing ever. And people walked in and they're like, this place is disgusting. And I'm like, no, it's, it's the best. It's vaulted ceilings. It's huge shooting lanes. Like I was like, they didn't see what you see. That's why. Oh yeah. And then, so, um, after a lot of coaxing and probably the risk of my job, I think, uh, I said, Hey, we need to make this a legit studio. And they're like, how do we do that? And I first said, we need a blank check. And they said, no way. And then COVID hit. And I was like, Oh man. I was like, I'm never going to get this place off the ground. I was like, how, how is this going to happen? And so after a long, thorough process, we got back to the studio and our students started using the space. We finally found that this was going to be where 12th Band Creative was going to be housed. And Adidas and the administration saw the practicality out of it because we were making, we were making images our student athletes knew where it was and it was good. And so, um, we, (laughs) I laid down tape of where I wanted walls and doors. And for about, I would say three weeks, I took the cart and saw if I was going to bump into the walls and stuff. And I was like, Oh, we need a storage room right here. Let's tape it out. And so for like three weeks, we worked in the space and like figured out like, is it going to work or like, Oh shoot, we should put an outlet right here. And like, and then I said, okay. And they, they got at me a uh, contractor and they said, I, I walked with the contractor and he's like, this is crazy. And I said, I don't need much, but I just want this. And he's like, you don't even want the ceiling, uh, the, the walls to go to the ceiling. Why are we putting walls? I go, I just want an office, but I don't want, I don't need them to be all the way to the wall because then I got to pay for redoing the fire extinguishing system right. and everything else. I was like, I just want like tall walls to, to block out people from my office. And I was like, yeah, we need a student space. Like our students deserve that. Like they're going to be in here working and then we need like open, like it needs to be open. And then we got to December and they were like, how fast can you get out of the office? And I was like, I'll be out tomorrow. And they're like, okay, we'll, we'll start this project. And I was like, holy crap, it's actually happening. And so for 45 days, we were out of the studio over winter break and they started a construction. And the funny thing is, is that I hired Kate in June. So Kate watched six months of this crazy hiatus and she probably looked at her boss going, he is nuts. Yeah. He what did you nuts. get me into? Yeah. yeah. What did you get me into? Cause she saw it when it was a blank slate and she was like, I cannot see what this dude is seeing. <laughs> um, and she probably was like, golly, like he's nuts. And we got to it. We opened it up, we got back, and we opened up the studio for recruiting in January, and it was a life change. It, it, it truly is. Like, when you walked in, what did you think when you saw it? Well, I had been checking it every day. Okay. Um, but <laughs> you're seeing its growth. Are you, are you like, oh, my God, this is going to be magical? Yeah, I, I was truly thinking that way. I, 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 
like the uh, the drywall guys were laughing because I was like, I want outlets here, 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 here. And they're like, why? And I was like, because I want to be able to plug in lights everywhere. Right. And they're like, what are you talking about? And then like, I was like, oh, we need to be able to do this and that. And we need our storage, our doors to be able to open this amount of space so I can bring a like a cart in and just like factors like that and being able to do it and having the trust. So like, <laughs> I also didn't have a boss at the time. So yeah, that's a, that's a long story. Um, we had a boss for, we didn't have a boss for a while for our creative department. And so to have the trust in it and then having a boss that came in and goes, wow, this is, this is, this is going to work. And him trusting me and he's a great guy, Tyler pig. Um, he has seen the vision and he was like, this is awesome. And now we're, we're currently sitting in the studio and we just finished our football photo week. We just finished soccer and we just finished men's basketball and to have the student athletes come in for the first time and see the space since they were not in the space last time, like the last time when it was just, it was disgusting. They're like, man, this is so cool. Like, and that's, that's the reaction that you want because you want them to be able to want to come back. Right, yeah. Like we have a ping pong table in the middle of our studio that has our logo on it. Like, you're not going to beat that. <laughs> no, no. I mean, that, and that's legit. It makes it a fun place to be when you're waiting for your headshot. And it makes it a fun place to wait for recruiting. <laughs> yeah. And that's where we're here. Like, we, we, we're here a lot, and we want it to be a fun place for our students, and we want it to be a place that our, 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 our student photographers can learn, but we want it to be a fun place for our student athletes to come to. So it has two purposes. Yeah. Is there anything you would change? Probably more outlets. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, not yet. Okay. I probably would, I'll probably would do that. Uh, give me a year. Um, and I'll probably be like, damn, I wish I knocked down this wall. I wish I made my storage room bigger, honestly. Because um, <laughs> we, we found out that it was too small. <laughs> um, to what? Get a card in or just get it? Once yeah, you got shelving in? in? Yeah. We have shelving. They did a really good job with that. But it's it's a swing open like oh I wish it was like ten feet deep, but then I'd be cutting it into space. But uh, you know, I think honestly, I think there's more, and that's the thing is that we're not stopping at Texas A and M, so the possibilities are endless, and there's walls that we can take down in the future, and we probably will um, to figure out to build out and to make it more welcoming and more indifferent and. And we're excited about it because, like, when you have LSU come in, and the cool thing is is that the media workroom is right next door to ours. So the photog workroom is right next door. So other photographers can come in here and see it and everything else. So when you get Alabama's photographers and LSU's photographers come by and want to see the studio because they see it because Kate does a good job on TikTok of promoting it and everything, and, and, uh, and they want to come and see it, and then they see it, and then they take photos, and we want them to take the photos and send it back and go back to their places because it creates an arms race and creative. And you want it to be like the locker rooms of, of tomorrow. Right. Where you want, you want LSU to do something cool and creative next, because guess what? That means that we're, we're going to do something cool and creative right. next. The pegs just um, keep going up and up and up and up. Yeah, you don't want to be the only one that's investing in creating. Cause then you, you have a threshold. Um, but if the threshold's always going up, it's, it's great for us. And I think that's the great thing about expanding staffs and everything is that like Alabama has a big staff of photo photographers and LSU is getting bigger and Mississippi state's getting bigger. And 
and Tennessee's about to hire a second one again. And, and so I think, I think as staffs are getting bigger, it's, it's showing that, okay, with the NIL and not necessarily NIL, but with the way that the digital age of college athletics is going, it's a great time to invest in creatives. And, and if we can, we, we should be. And I think that you're realizing in the programs that aren't, I think you can tell. Oh, I think yeah. Absolutely. So, and it's kind of so, sad. Yeah, it is. You, you could, just, yeah, you could see them and just go, oh, buddy. Yeah. You're still a contract and you're using your own gear and you don't have a dam and you're using the transfer. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's, it's sad because you're like, you're like, you, you could, we can do better. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that the programs that are investing, you're seeing it too. And, and that's exciting. And it's, uh, I don't know where the stoppage is to tell you the truth. Uh, I don't know where the, the threshold is, but right now it's, it's growing at rapidly. Yeah. Especially in the sec. It's, it's bonkers. It is. It is. So it's an, okay. So that's an interesting path, right? Those three schools or the two schools that get you to this school. Yes. But along that way, there's technical things that you have to do to get better. And so what was your experience when you're at Tennessee and now you got to experience strobes? What was that like for you? Uh, so Indiana, uh, their strobe packs were, were rough. Um, and only like two of them worked. <laughs> so I, uh, I moved them all to one side and just said, I'm going to blow it out this way. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, like, I think, <laughs> uh, no, so how did, okay. How does Indiana allow it to become so decayed? That is a basketball. Uh, because they said they, they, they said they invested in the led lights. <laughs> uh, oh. I know, I know, I know it's, it's rough. Um, you know, I remember going on the catwalk and going, why are these chains rusted to the, like the floor? And they're like, well, they've never been turned on forever. And I was like, Oh man, we're going to be rough. Um, and then I, I think I looked at it as, okay, well, how can we adapt? How can we take those? And instead of using them the way that they're traditionally used of four corners, all that kind of stuff, and mm-hmm. maybe we can make it creative and use those as our creative lighting. And so that's, I think what we did and, and we used them as like half lit and all that kind of stuff. And you look at the NBA photographers that you're doing it and you're like, Oh my gosh, like that's sick. And then I was like, how do they do that lighting? Okay. Let me go try to light half the court. And, um, so I think you you try to you try to you try to make it the best that you possibly can and like uh, Tennessee like we we had strobes I think we had strobes at one point um, and we used them and and we only used them for creative because the lights were so good at Tennessee and then like it's funny Texas A and M is actually investing into their arena lights right now and so they're going to LED so we don't have strobes here really um, you're not shooting on strobes. Weird, would, right? Would you want to? I think after I've not used them for so long that I would probably put them in to do to use them as creative. Right. Um, I'd probably overpower one corner or like one half of it. Are you? Are you fearful you would miss something? Uh, no. I hope my timing's good. No, uh, let's say you get the dunk. It, it is. It is. A, it is a totally. It is a totally different way of shooting. That's for sure. Right. Um, but I think that. I think it would be a little bit of like, okay, I need to catch back up on. I can't shoot a billion frames of this dunk and everything. Um, but 
if you get that one, it, that's all that matters. See, so like, what's your average take in a men's basketball game? Um, it all depends. Like our our SEC games are pretty good, um, and w- with the amount of remotes and everything, I'm looking at like 125, 150. Uh, if we're capturing, editing, and delivering. But that's the other thing is that we're trying to deliver for all of our athletes. Because if you look at it now, and this is a new way of approaching it, is that you used to have only, like, one account. You had your men's basketball account that was posted in the photos. Well, now I have 14 accounts. Right. I have 14 other athletes. Like, I have 13 other athletes plus the men's basketball account that can post photos for me. So if I get a good photo of every guy, there's that's 14 different – photos that are getting out there compared to maybe one. And I think our social media guys do a great job of trying to use in-game action. Um, and so we're trying to make more and more images that are creative and that are getting to them faster so that they can put out more content throughout the games because the SEC schedule is no joke. You play on Tuesday, you turn around, you go on the road, you're back on Saturday, and you've got games every other day. It's almost like that. So the NBA is similar even more, but – I think it's harder too if you're losing. So you got to make it more images and you know that feeling. Yeah. It's tough. And last year we were fortunate, like we had a rough, right, a sketchy start in the beginning of it. But then we went, <laughs> we went all the way up until the end and we went into, we were fighting at the end and like make the SEC finals being picked last in men's basketball. And then not to make the tournament, that was, that was rough. And then for them to turn around um, and get it to uh, MSG and go to the finals of the NIT and and then lose on a last-second shot, like, that's heartache. And you feel for those guys. But I think that making those images now for those guys is, is huge. And I think that's how we've adapted. Walk me through what's your game like for men's basketball what time do you get there what's your setup and who are you babysitting uh, i wish i got there earlier honestly uh <laughs> that's exactly what chet said <laughs> yeah i wish i got there earlier um yeah i i probably have gotten lackluster at it uh because now i can just roll up and i've got parking spot and just roll in and just walk in and go i don't need to go to the catwalk to turn on strobe so i'm good um <laughs> but i think i think more and more, we're setting up more. We're setting up remotes uh, at least in the morning, right after shoot arounds. Okay, what remotes so are you can, setting up? So if I can get remotes up, I'm trying to. We have a terrible catwalk um, with like we don't have any straight over. Okay, so that's a little rough. But if I can put if I can put a backboard remote up, I'm going to try to put a backboard remote up. Um, last year, our facility staff was really awesome, and they cut holes in our in our stanchions, so okay. we have the postal cameras, which is sweet, and they produce some really good quality images this year. Um, if I can put a catwalk camera on somewhere unique, I'm going to try it. Um, it's just they're, they're really terrible sight lines, so over the bench can work sometimes. Um, and then... Shot clock or post? Uh, post occasionally, um, but not shot clock yet. I want to... Um, it's something I, I've, I've got some ideas about it, Okay. but then, so that's, that's after shoot around. Uh, sometimes I'll go back to the office. I'll mostly go back to the office, um, get all the other gear ready, hang out, do a typical day if it's on the work day. Um, and then 
after that, I'm there about two hours before the game, okay. uh, which is pretty pretty good. And then um, we're FTPing live all of our games, so all of our shooters can send live during game. Are they tethered um, in? They're not tethered. They're, we have a network. Okay. Uh, so we're wireless. Um, we do have tether lines. Uh, I do. Uh, we did put four tether like Ethernet lines underneath the court. Uh, we do that in the beginning of the season before they put the court down. Right. So if I wanted to do it, I could. Um, we didn't do it last year. I don't know why. I think it was just more of a workload. Um, but we could definitely do it. Um, I've tethered the backboard camera so I can get the photos during it um, or the post cameras so that we can get the photos during. Um, but as far as the shooters on the, like in the floor and everything, no need to tether because our wireless is pretty good. And then I, we usually have two other photographers there. So it's myself, another photographer. And then we also have a student that will sometimes edit. And that's huge for our that's team. That's huge. Holy really Christ. Huge. That's a game changer. And we had a really young student. Uh, her name was Brooke. She jumped on the bandwagon late, and she was really talented at getting cards and turning around. And I was like, she was a fresh, she's a freshman. So I was like, oh, I got you for four years. Oh. Um, so we're set. So uh, Hey, Brooke, how about a master's degree? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, our freshmen that came in are really, really talented. We're excited about them. Uh, Brooke and Rachel, they're, they're going to kill it. Uh, Rachel's an equestrian photographer. They're going to kill it. Um, but, yeah, so Brooke came in, would help edit, and then we'd, all, we'd sometimes have a second shooter on the opposite baseline or that would roam. Um, I do think that I got complacent this year on sitting on the baseline way too much. Um, I'm probably pissed at myself after looking at my whole take from, like, the whole season. I didn't go up a, a lot. And I don't know if it was necessarily that we didn't have – Fan, like we didn't have a great turnout and fans and everything right. in the beginning. So when you go up, it looks dull. It's dead. Exactly. And then by the time it got good, I was like, oh, I got to get all the action. I got to get all this action. Right. Yeah. Then it, it, you just get complacent and you just sit there. And then after looking at my takes, I was like, gosh, this stuff looks all the same. And I kind of was pissed at myself. A guy but dribbling, a guy shooting, a guy dunking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, I think that there's a lot of other things going on. We were building the studio and there's a lot of other factors. And I think at the end of the day, like we did good, but I'm going to next year is going to be fun. Uh, Cause now we're going to have Kate and we're going to have another full timer. So like now the creativity juices are, are, are going to go. Yeah. So you take from your whole take, let's say you shoot a couple thousand, you whittle it down to one fifty. that's going off to social media and that's going off to the players. Yeah, so we use um, we use a application called Influencer, um, and we're uploading them. <clears throat> so at the end of the night, we're taking our live folder, we're editing that, we're putting that on. So that's what Brooke is doing. She's getting that onto our website as fast as possible. Okay. Captioned, edited, and everything. Then we take that live folder and delete it because they're smaller JPEGs right. and we're going to work off their RAWs. So we're going to ingest the RAWs the next day, get those all squared away, um, picking a hundred, maybe 200 photos, um, captioning those. If there's a couple more remotes, it's more photos. Mm-hmm. Um, second shooter, that's a huge, that's more photos. But for the most part, it's, yeah, you're looking at like 200 and then you're captioning those, keywording them, 
uploading them to photo shelter. So we use photo shelter and then that's distributing it to influencer influencers going to the athletes. The athletes are already being tagged because of metadata in the photo and then they're distributing it. So, um, you're, you're hoping for a quick turnaround as fast as possible, especially after a win. Right. Right. Yeah. You want to get it out to everybody that wants to see it. I mean, how, you know, cause like at Indiana, basketball major place they are just sucking for images that's what chet was saying like men's basketball at kentucky it's like everybody lives in breeze did you feel that when you were at tennessee just- yeah there was there's it was definitely becoming that did because you- the first the two years that i was there they were not very good right they, str- left, they struggled sure then i left and they made this sweet 16 i think it was of course like that was the grant williams era like like right after I left, Grant was a freshman when I was there, and then he became Grant Williams. Now NBA Finals uh, Celtic Grant right. Williams. Um, when you got to Texas, was there something that you saw that was like just wanting more imagery? Yeah, so football was definitely that way. Um, we, we were trying to get more and more photos to football, but Texas A and M men's basketball had a little bit of a rebrand. Uh, they had a new coach, Buzz Williams from Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was going through a little bit of a rebrand, uh, trying to get the image of Buzz Williams out there. And then um, they had a rough start to their season. Uh, we get to the SEC tournament. Um, we're going to play in the game. We had a little bit of momentum going into the SEC tournament. And then COVID hits. And then the SEC tournament doesn't happen. So then – we're done. And then the next year we had a rough year. There's no, no denying it. It, You can look at the record and it, it was a tough year for everyone. And so there was a lot of people that were against us. And then, um, a lot, we had a lot of transition. Um, we had a, we had a new whole new roster. Um, and I mean a whole new roster. So the goal going into that was how do we get our guys out there for our fans to know who these guys are? If they're standing in McDonald's, how do they know that this is a basketball player? Mm -hmm. Or if they're standing at Coffee Bridge Burger getting a burger, how do they know that this is a basketball player? Yeah, they might be tall and everything, but they might be an athlete for another sport. Right, maybe a high jumper or whatever, yeah. Exactly, Exactly. or a football player. Like Henry Coleman looks like a football player. Um, And he's coming from Duke. So, like, that was, like, a big thing. And, like, we're like, okay, so we got all these new guys. How do we get their faces out there? And so – it was their media day. We did it. We did the earliest media day I've ever done for men's basketball. I know when you told me you were doing that, I was like, wait a minute. Christ. So we did the earliest media day and it was literally to try to get their images to show that they were in a Texas A&M uniform and that we got them out there. And so that year uh, they had one returning uh, stud, uh, Quentin Jackson, who is now, he just signed a free agency contract with the Washington Wizards or he maybe a camp contract, but high flying Q was what we called him. Uh, and he could dunk out the mind. So like his biggest thing was turn around and dunk and try to get that out there as fast as possible. Um, but like we went into the mindset of like, okay, we got to get their guys' images out there and got to get this, promote this team as best as we can. And there's not really a single man. Like, yeah, Q was like the guy that was returning, but he wasn't like, he wasn't the star that Q became. Mm-hmm. He wasn't the captain that Q became. He wasn't the sixth man off the bench that Q became. And so it was exciting to get that kind of rebrand. And then 
uh, we got all these new guys and it was, it was, uh, we went out to Vegas. Uh, we lost to Wisconsin. Okay. Um, and that was kind of tough. We were ahead and we lost and we didn't really know what was going to happen next. And then we finished like, I think we won three out of the four games there. We lost one and it was, uh, we were like, okay, we, we were good. Uh, and then we came back and we, we went through the SEC schedule. We played a tough Kentucky team after, uh, after break and, and it was a whiteout and it, all the, all the conditions were good. And, uh, and it was okay. How are we going to rebound? And then we went through a little bit of a rough patch. We got kind of smoked on national TV against Auburn. Oh, wonderful. And, yeah. <laughs> and it was, it was rough. And then I don't the team clicked and then we went on a winning streak we won at Alabama and it had been like the first time that we had won on the road at Alabama in forever. And they were a top 25 team and it was, it was great. And then we, we went into the sec tournament with a lot of hope and not, no one was counting on us. And to photograph that whole trip was to say the least amazing. And we won the first game uh, and against Florida on a buzzer beater. I think it was double over, or overtime or whatever, and won it on a buzzer beater. Haas hit this crazy shot, great photos, turn around as fast as possible. And then you go to the next game, and we're playing Auburn, the number one seed in the SEC tournament. And then you win, and we're like, oh, snap. And then you're playing Arkansas, who we had not played well, or we had gone into overtime against at their place, and then they dunked on us, and they turned off the lights and everything, and it was – it was rough. So we're like, oh, okay, we're going to play Arkansas. And then we played Arkansas and we won big. And now we're in the finals against Tennessee. And we're like, okay. And everyone's like, Tennessee, or Texas A&M is in, in the tournament. And then we weren't. And you get back and you're like, okay, we got to rebound. And to see the, the way the team rebounded and to try to document all that, that was. What's your challenge else. documenting that stuff? Um, you got to tell a story without, you got to shed light on, on the good and your fans want to see everything, but you also have to be protective of your players. Um, and our guys are great and they give you all the access in the world and you might make some amazing photos. And like we made an amazing, I, I remember, we lost the game against uh, who was it in the NIT turn or NIT game, and uh, and we lost it on a a missed shot last second. And Boots is his name. He missed the shot, and it, it bounced on the rim. <laughs> One of those like pause the time kind of moments. Oh, yeah. And I remember clicking through it, and I was like man, these images are going to be powerful. And even though we lost, I was like, man, this is, these are going to be powerful. And you don't say that a lot about losses because you don't want to usually sit yeah. as an athlete, you know, you're not, your loss photo is not going to go on a wall. Um, but I was like, man, these guys are going to take these photos and probably going to use them to bounce back next year. And so I sent them and I uploaded them and Boots downloaded that photo right away and posted it. And I was like, okay, he wanted it. He he was he approved it. Yeah. And and, and he posted on his social media. And he was like, that was tough, but we're gonna come back. 
and then he came back for his his final season. So, um, yeah, you, you make him. Does that make that, you feel good? When, oh yeah, absolutely. When there's a photo you taken that you know is a great photo, but it borderline has pain in it. It hurts, yes. right? But you're like, oh yeah, you understand it mature now that like I'm not doing you a disservice. It is a great photo in loss. I'm yeah. glad you appreciated it. Yes. And you're going to have those moments, especially as a college athletic photographer. Yeah. Now, I'm fortunate, I'm fortunate that I don't have any – I have investment because this is the school that's paying me and everything. Right. But I'm not an Aggie. Right. I, I'm, I don't have an Aggie ring. Um, I'm not an Aggie. So I, I think that it's a little bit easier to document those things. Um, because I'm not going to stop and pause and be like, oh, we just thought, like, I know this is my job. Right. And so right. I think it's a little bit easier since I'm not an alumni or anything like that, or not a former student, as an Aggie would say. Um, I'm not a former student, so I, I, I don't have that kind of investment, but I do have the investment of knowing that these images are going to be lasting forever. Right. Um, and so you want to tell that story. And, like, during the COVID year, like, I remember – we were at shoot around and everything was great. And then it paused and we called it the bad photo of the year because it was literally a spray can with the basketball and they're disinfecting the basketball. And I was like, I took it as a joke. I I literally took it as a joke. And then it ran on like sad photos and everything else. And it got all the stuff and, and our SID joked, he's like, I'm using this photo everywhere. And I'm like, now like looking back on, I'm like, wow, that's like one of those images that you didn't think you would take of like a sad photo of like the season ending and yeah. Okay. Now it's, now you can look back on it and kind of be like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, athletic departments, fans, alumni, players need to understand that it is your job to document good or bad wins and losses, heartbreaking moments, right? You can lose the final four game losing shot buzzer, whatever you want to make up scenario. It is your job to take it. Now the photo never has to see the light of day. Yes. But it is that, your job to take it. That, that, and then the other thing is, is how you do it. Yeah. So I'm not going to take a 16 to 35 and jump in the middle of my, my no. guys. No. But I will take my 200 to, or 70 to 200 and maybe zoom in a little bit tighter. Right. Give what the emotion is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that just how you maturely act in those situations is going to build that trust on those guys. Have you gotten better at it? Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. we all... We all go home with losers. It's very rare you go home with a winner. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And your seasons most of the time end as a loser. Right. Uh, there's only one or two ways of ending as a winner. <laughs> so, um, and in that case, it was it was uh, the NIT champion. And even then, they lost one game in the middle of that season, like at the end. and Or it was Kansas this past year. So, right. like, <laughs> I, I feel for Missy. She doesn't know what a loss is. No. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, I think – so I remember, Matt, um, I was at – I think it was – I can't remember where I was working. It was in Virginia, though, and I covered a high school sporting event. And you know how parents are at high school events, mm-hmm. especially state championships. And it was a high school volleyball game, and they lost in, like, the last point. And it was epic. And I was – unfortunately covering the losing team. And I remember sitting there and like clicking photos. I was sitting like right on where I was supposed to be clicking. photos. And I remember this dad coming up to me and just yelling at me, like yelling at me, stop taking photos of my daughter and everything else. And I was like, Oh my God. Like I was like, Ooh, 
And I was like, I'm, I'm doing my job. Like, and I'm like, what, 19, 20 at the time. And right. I'm like, like this dude's about to kill me. And he was pissed. Like he was mad, Matt. And I, I, I remember like, I was like, Oh my God, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. And then I was like, no, I was like, this is the story. And I was like, I'm going to do it. And I think, to tell you the truth, I think the photo ran of her crying on like on the thing, and I, I felt bad. But at the same time, I was like, "That's the story of it." And you couldn't tell the athletes; like, you couldn't see the face. It was just, it was just one of those kind of images. But I think the the hard part is is trying to find that happy medium. Yeah. And like, as as a newspaper photographer, you got to do it. Sure. But as an athletic photographer, you got to find that happy medium because you want your you want your program to be in the best light possible, and you've got to you still got to come back to work the next day and work with these individuals um, and work with these programs. So you got to, you got to toe the line a little bit. Right. Especially when it's your soda. So you can take all the photos you want. Yeah. But when they get out there, it's how they get out there. And what's the messaging that you're putting behind them. Yeah. When, when I was at Fullerton at Oh four, they win Oh five, they lose. And they end up taking both pictures, making huge wall prints and putting them in the locker room. And I've got them celebrating on one side and Ricky Romero crying in the other. And they both said dedication, just how do you end your year? And, and that's the perfect example. Right. And it was like, you know, it was one of those things I was shocked they used it, but they use it as a motivation to realize like, you don't quit. You got to keep going. You yeah, will I, lose at times. There's no one perfect. And we did the same thing after. So, like, we just were in the College World Series for baseball. Right. And we, we lost. We were in the final four. Um, and we lost to uh, – who did we lose to? Did Oklahoma. You, yeah, okay. Oklahoma. And we had lost to them twice. So, it was the second time we had lost to them. And it was a tough game. Like, it was one of those games where you didn't really feel it coming back. So you're like, okay, you know what's going to happen. And then you, you, you get to the final at bat and then it happens and you're like, okay, I'm done. But then you're like, but am I really? And then you look over in the dugout and the guys are hugging each other. And you're like, okay, well I'm going to document this. Cause these are, these are guys that they, they trust you with that image. And then you get them to them and then they use them and you're like, okay, they, they trusted me. Yeah. They made the right call. I made the right call. They wanted these photos. Yeah. Some of my best photos are of when we lost at Omaha. Yeah. Because it just goes on for so long. Like, well, I got, that, and yeah. you have the access. You, you're yeah. not crushed by ESPN. ESPN's looking the other way. Yeah. Like <laughs> at old Rosenblatt Stadium. Oh, yeah. Uh, Up uh, by the zoo. Yeah. <laughs> Wes Romer's walking out and he does the last game. He got drafted on a fourth overall, whatever. He doesn't want to take his uniform off. Yeah. So he leaves the locker room and he's in his turfs and he's walking through the crowd in the parking lot wearing his uniform. It's dirty. It's all just a mess. He doesn't have his bag, but he's got his complete uniform on cleats over his shoulders, like a cliche movie scene. And he's signing autographs for kids and I'm snapping photos just thinking like, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. These are some, the best Those photos the ever. Remember, like yeah. that's what you remember. You honestly remember some of your lost photos better than your wins. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like I was like, oh yeah, I, I got photographed the celebration. It was cool and everything. But now you can describe that photo down to a T. Right. And like I could describe the photo of Boots missing the last shot down to a T, and I know exactly what I was looking through and everything. And and 
that's what I think that's the emotional impact of those images. It's not even for the power of the image, but the, the story behind the image. Right. I mean, it's like, okay, describe me a dog pile. Yeah. 12 yep. guys jumping on each other, humping the guy <laughs> at the bottom. It's just like. And Matt, I'll, I'll, I'll kid you not. Uh, we won our super regional at home and we didn't dog pile. So I was really upset. Our remotes were all set up for a dog pile. I'm we never sorry. What? We didn't know what a dog pile was. I don't think, I think we were too excited that we made it. Cause I think we were picked last in the sec and we, yeah. <laughs> and so like for us to make it past regionals and then to super regionals and go to Omaha, I was so ready. I had the remote perfect. It was great. And then our guys were just running around wild and it was great photos. Like it was great. Photos. But like I, I described this moment to our student, like our students, I was like, they're going to dog pile. It's going to be like the best thing ever. Like this photo, you got to go run around them and be like behind. And it's going to be all like the stadium. Get and it wide, yeah. yeah. Get it wide. And then they didn't do it. And I, I look, my student looked at me and was like, is that the dog pile? I was like, no, that's not a dog pile. <laughs> that's just that's just 19, 20 year olds going nuts because they had just made the college world series. Oh after my God. That's a group of guys who've never won together. Exactly. And they were all coming together as a group. Like they, they tons of transfers and everything. So like the the and it was a fluke because it was a it was a strikeout swinging uh in the dirt ball. So the catcher gets it. The, the batter goes, oh, shoot, first base is open. Let me run. And I'm like, uh, uh, okay. And so, like, the field is all kind of celebrating, and the catcher's like, oh, crap, I got to throw it to first. <laughs> throws it to first, and then he goes, oh, we won, and, like, goes nuts. And, like, and then it actually happens. But, like, the dog pile never actually happened. So yeah. we don't have a dog pile photo. I mean, normally it's at least the catcher and the pitcher come together. Like, they came together – but then, like, guys were just running around in circles. It was great. It was great. It was great. And uh, I actually – so I took off and ran to it. And Haley, my fiance, was standing next to me because she was actually editing, helping us edit. So she – I was like – I took off. I, I just was sprinting because I, I was like, dog pile. Yes. Right. Got to get it. Got to get it. And gates open, fly. There goes Craig. I actually, like, one of my cameras, like, came off, and I was like, oh, snap, like, trying to grab it. and That's the worst, Greg. When you're, oh, it's the worst. 16 to 35 is at your feet, and you're trying to pick it up, and, yeah. Yep. And, like, I'm struggling to get, and I'm like, where am I looking? Like, where am I looking? I'm like, oh, where's the dog pile? And then there's no dog pile. I'm like, what's the image? But I think the other thing, <laughs> the funny thing is, is that I'm, I take this photo of, the, of one of our guys going, like, being lifted up and everything, and he's, got, he's going nuts. Well, Haley took the 400 that I'm holding. She knows how to use a camera. She hits him at the same time. And so now we have both angles. And I'm like, well, that's the shot. Of the, like, that's the shot. And then good girl, good student, girl. Well, then our other student runs over and sees coach. So I'm like, oh, man, this is a team. Like, this is a team effort. We're covering this thing. And then I go back and look at the remotes, and none of the remotes got anything. So I'm like, great, we did good. Uh, I was like, because you, you got to think, you pre program the remotes to right. nail that one spot. And then they go all over the place. They went to the dugout. Coach got doused in the dugout. In the dugout? <laughs> yeah, he was walking down the stairs, and the guys tapped him. And then they threw the water on him oh, at the dugout. Jesus, <laughs> of all places. So like, I know. It wasn't anywhere near any of the madness of, like, what it was. And, like, our guys had a great time, and we made great photos. And our student photographer, Brendel, um, it was, like, her first celebration kind of thing. And she was actually the team photographer. So in the NCAA tournament, 
you have one dedicated photographer who can run out. Right. And I was like, she's going to get there faster. She deserves this. She's been doing this all year. Let's let you do it. And then I'll run out after, be there, help, support. But I told her, I was like, dog pile, it's going to happen right here. Didn't happen, but she made some great images too. And like, you look at the photos of like, um, from that and they, they, they threw a banner and there was like Omaha dogs or like, it was like something like that slosh or like that. And, uh, or Pringles, they did Pringles. It was all about Pringles. Yeah. It's a long story, but, uh, they had this Pringle banner, uh, over it. And, uh, and she has this awesome shot of it. I'm like, well, I guess it wasn't a dog pile, but you have this. So, uh, <laughs> uh we, we laugh at that one, but, uh, yeah, no, you, it's, it's just like moments that never, you transpire and you think of them and everything and they just don't happen that way that you planned them. <laughs> now you're nine days away from getting married, but you're also a couple weeks from, well, probably five weeks, but you're probably September 3rd, your first football game. How yeah. are you getting yourself physically ready for that brutal football season? I'm not doing a good job at it. That's for sure. Um, physically. Um, right. I probably need to be running on the treadmill a little bit more. Um, because no, it but, is, for people who don't understand, especially when you're the team guy, it is a challenge. It's week after week. It's practice. I mean, there's so much demand. You might as well be wearing a jock strap. It's brutal. Yeah. yeah, and, like, I just went on. So we had SEC Media Day last week, Thursday. Where? So it's in. it was in Atlanta this year. Okay. So at College Football Hall of Fame. <sighs> so wake up, 5 a.m., got on the uh, charter plane, Took off with two players, coach, a couple SIDs, get there, got we left at six, six thirty, yeah. So left six thirty, get there, run around Atlanta. Like the hotel is massive and we're this year they like put it in the college fo- football hall of fame as the main stage, but then the the set rooms that all the T V and all those are are all on the other side of the massive like convention center essentially and it's kind of poorly laid out in my mind because as a photographer, I'm trying to get not just coach, but I also got to get the two players. Right. And so their schedules are at the same time as coaches schedules. So you're running from one point to another point And like, you're trying to jump into, and you're trying to time it because they're set. So they're TV. So once the door closes, you ain't getting in because they don't want you to open the door and make noise. So I tried to time it perfectly and it was mess. And, uh, but did all that running around and then flew back and got back. And I was like, holy crap. I was like, that was a long ass day. And I haven't done that in a while. Cause you got a backpack, you got like all the cameras right. and everything. You're running around and everything. I'm like, I'm like feeling it. I'm probably still feeling it today. Um, but then the crazy thing is that the day before that we had men's basketball media day. So that's an early morning shooting all day. And then the next day we had women's soccer in the studio for soccer photo day. So it's three days of grind. Damn. I'm like, well, this is the preparation for football season. Like, and really there is a health aspect to being a team photographer. Cause if you're not in great shape, you're running around a lot and you're, you're getting into planes and you're not sitting in the luxury seats. You're sitting in between probably two of like cops that are huge. And uh, I know I have my seats like right in the middle seat. So I'm like this, uh, clinched up in the seat and going, all right, how long do I stay here? And then you go, you sleep on kind of 
decent beds, not with your pillows or anything. So your your head right. and neck is feeling like crap. And then you go and cover this game. You wake up really early, eat like shit. You eat either like a college football player, which right. is not hot built, or you eat fast food because you're working late. And then you go and cover a game. And then after the game, you're flying home at what? If you're playing an 8 o'clock game on ESPN, which just so happens we get a couple of times, you're flying back at midnight. Yeah, 2 a.m. Yeah. And then you're landing, and then you're turning around and waking up the next morning and trying to turn out photos so all your athletes can have them. So your sleep schedule is all jacked up. But then the worst part that people don't think about is that you've been on your knees shooting all day. So then you go into and you get into a plane, and now you're clenched up there and you're stuck. Right. So your, your body goes from, like, working out intensely to locking up for the duration of the plane, and you start cramping up and everything, and you're feeling it all over yourself. And then you get a terrible night's sleep because you're either you're wired because you won, right. so you're all happy, or you're emotionally distraught because you lost, and – and then you're you're like, oh crap! I got to edit, and then it's Sunday, and you edit all these photos, and then you turn around and you restart the week, and now it's Monday, and you're going out to football practice, and yeah, it, it, it sneaks up on you like that. Boom! It's just miserable how much it's a beating. Yeah, and then let me add in like a uh, volleyball game or a soccer right. game or a photo headshot or something crazy, and uh, you have no time to recover and. I'm not looking forward to this season just because I, if you look at the Texas A&M football schedule, we're on the road like five weeks straight. <laughs> yeah, you start at home for three, but then you're gone. And we have a great – like our our third game is against Miami. Yeah, yes. It, like it's going to be Kyle Field at night. It's going to be lit. Like it's going to be great, and I'm excited for that. But it's an 8 p.m. kick. Yeah, that's brutal. And if you look at the first two games, the first two games are like noon. They're yeah. like – <laughs> Sam Houston and Appalachian, they're 11, 11 a.m. Ah. Yeah. So, like, even 11 o'clock games, like, that means that our team is rolling in here at 5, 5.30. If that, like, we're we're getting here early. And I'm telling my students, you better be ready by 11. Like, Yeah, so, you got to be. Do not have a grind, late night. The grind of the football season is going to eat up on me. And I know I'm excited. Like, I get a week away, get married, and, and Haley and I are trying to – we're still planning our honeymoon, but we're going somewhere because I got to take a trip somewhere. We're not going to go far, but we're going to take a little bit of a trip. And then uh, a year from now, we'll do our actual honeymoon so I can use it two, two excuses to get away <laughs> right at the start of football season. But uh, no, and you got to take care of yourself. Like we're just talking about the first three weeks of college football and how much of a grind it's already going to be for our team you can only imagine what it's like when we get to like Alabama weekend and that's potentially going to be an eight o'clock game and you're on the road in Tuscaloosa. And that's when you need to be at your prime. So, and I always say that spring, like not spring, but fall camp is like when I get all my rust off and everything. And Mm -hmm. like this year I'm going to be like, all right, well I got to get right to it. So, cause we get our, we get married on Friday, Saturday, we're going to spend with the family and everything come back to college station to drop off stuff. And Sunday we have a team photo at nine 30 in the morning for football. Going to shoot that bad boy and make up, make up photo day. And then, uh, and then after that, I'm going to turn off my phone and not answer it for about three days. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So, 
Yes, exactly. And I think I think if I answer it, I might not have a wife at the end of it. So. <laughs> or you'll have a black guy, one or the other. Oh, definitely, definitely. Oh my god. But, uh, we're we're excited, and I think the up is the up is there for Texas A&M, and especially for our photo team. Have you converted your photo team over to mirrorless? Or are you still hanging on? Uh, we're hanging on for the moment. Okay. Uh, if we get our budget approved and everything, uh, Texas is unique. We, we get our budget approved in September. Uh, so right, right as football season starts. Um, but, uh, I think we are looking at going to mirrorless. We're, we're looking at upgrading our full-time staff, at least to some, some R3s going to that way. Um, it's too hard to go to a whole team of it right now. Yeah. It's the way of it is. And like the lenses and everything, like we've already invested hundreds of thousands of dollars into the lenses. The bodies I think we could do and just use the adapters. So. Right. And slowly kind of piecemeal. Slowly into- piece it in. Yeah. Yeah. But honestly, like it's hard to find a long glass right now. If you order a long glass right now, it could take months, if not a year. So to find an EF lens mount lens, like, on a long glass, it's hard to find it, especially in a Canon. You might be better off finding an RF mount. Right, exactly. That's what they're manufacturing, and it's hard to find them. Brutal. So it is brutal. Has the time at Texas been as good as you thought it would be? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We uh, So we got here, and we rented. And after the first year, I was like, we're going to buy a house here. We're, we're staying here for a while. And then COVID hit. And I really didn't know what was up in the air. I We weren't furloughing or laying off people, but I, I was a little scared, especially brand new position. Like, they didn't need it before, so why do they need it now? Yeah, nothing's happening, literally. And I hadn't really proven my investment yet. So, like, I didn't, they, they didn't really know yet. And uh, so I kind of was up in the air and then, I told myself, you know what, we're going to, we're going to invest here. It's going to be a long term. I I have faith in it. And uh, we bought a house literally down the street from our rental because that's how much we liked it. Wow. The area that we were living in and we're like, this is the great place. And then Haley got a good job and she was excited. And uh, we said college station was going to be home and and then we made it home. And, uh, and then college station was good to us. And, Haley just started a brand new job uh, working for the Chamber of Commerce. Nice. So she's excited for it. Um, and I think that we could see ourselves here for a while. Um, and and it is a great college town. Like right now it's awesome. And the reason why is that there's not 64,000 students here on campus. <laughs> so I can find a parking spot, any restaurant that I want to go to. Um, but when 64,000 students come back, it is, it is a awesome place. Oh, uh, it's special. It is. And and people don't realize that Aggies are so prideful. Like people think it's a cult and I get that. And it, it, is, it is a cult, but it's the happiest cult of Aggies you're ever going to find. Right. And they are so passionate about sports and their brand, not just sports, but like their brand and, and fighting Texas Aggie and gig and all that kind of stuff. It, it is something to watch and see when, when you see a hundred thousand fans sawing them off and, or when you point a camera and everyone in the student section does a horns down, you're like, okay, this is that is amazing? Great. That power. Oh, it's, it's the coolest power ever. It's the coolest thing ever. And our students are so good. And 
our student section is literally right here. They go straight up and they go up three decks. <laughs> and it's just like, you look up and the Florida's coach said it awesome. Like what, two years ago, he was like during co- or last year, during, two years ago during COVID, he's like, they couldn't have like only half their capacity. That was a full capacity stadium. And I was like, if Florida just waits till this year, cause they're coming back and they're going to about to have a full capacity and they're uh. going to turn around and look up in the stands and they're going to see it. And it's going to be like, Oh my gosh, that's like what a hundred thousand fans look like. Yeah. It's, it's a special place. And I, we, they've invested a lot into us. And so I'm ready to invest back into them. Is there a place you like to visit when you, when you're on their travels, SEC wise or some place you want to visit? It's always nice to go back to Tennessee. Okay. It is always nice to go back to Tennessee. Do you um, feel like that's kind of home or where the start of Genesis for you? That's the start of Genesis. That's the start of where, where my college athletic career started. So it's always okay. nice to go back and it's always nice to go back and see the people that are still there and, and catch up and everything. But, um, you know, I, I was actually surprised. I think an underappreciated college, college town and the SEC, I, I like going to Auburn. Um, my coworkers from there and he, he jokes that it's the Harvard of the South. I don't give him credit for that, but um, Auburn's a cool town. And I've spent a couple weeks there for different tournaments and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, another underappreciated town though is Arkansas. Little Rock, Arkansas huh? Like, yeah, yeah, Arkansas cool. And then um, I had a great time at Old Miss. Uh, okay. I don't know why, but Oxford is a cool place. Surprisingly, is a yeah. really cool place. Um, but then the other thing is, is that I love to go any SEC school that has another SEC photographer. Sure, to get to hang out and catch up with them. Like going back to Kentucky and seeing Chet is awesome. Going to Baton Rouge and seeing Chris Parent down there that that's those are highlights because I get. Well, that and then the other thing is, is that we leave on football on Thursdays. So I get a whole day down. So Fridays are off and they don't do any practices. It's all study hall and everything. So they do walkthroughs, but I don't need to be there for those. So like I get a day of hanging out with these guys, like and picking their brains and everything about everything. It, it's, it's great. Are you guys pretty tight? The yeah, guys, a group? Just, you guys pretty much get along and we try. We yeah. try. We're not trying to make better photos of each other. <laughs> but that's uh, good. But that's okay. That's good competitive. And camaraderie is definitely good. Yeah. Um, I think. I think the SEC is is a is a great group of photographers that we try to keep keep up with everyone as best as possible. Um, we have a Slack chat, and someone messaged in there today and asked a question, and like three other people chimed in. So it's it's a good group of people and they, they all mean like they all want everyone to succeed, but they also want to be, they want to be the next level. And when they're producing something like when you see a photo day, you're always like, Oh, what are they doing? And, uh, or you see a backdrop and you're like, Oh, are they like, what are they making? Or what are then, they doing? What are they doing? Yeah, like, like LSU had their photo day and I texted Chris and I was like, yo, how many stations are you doing? And he's like, Oh, we're doing this and this and this. And I was like, why are you doing that? <laughs> Um, and then they, it, it, that's the thing is that it's not like, Oh, I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to tell you my secret. It's, sure. it's, this is how we're doing. Yeah. Um, and that's the coolest part about it. And there's so many unique workflows also in the SEC, um, that everyone's a little bit different. Yeah, so absolutely. But I, I say right now I put my mortgage on it. You guys at in the SEC are putting together some of the best content out there. 
It's yeah. fantastic. I think really we're like fourth. Who do you think is doing better? I I I do think I think that Chris Parent and his team at LSU photos. No, I mean the conference as a conference. Oh, as a conference, yeah, easily SEC. That's yeah. easy. Yeah, I think as an individual team though in, in the athletics department, I think that you've got rankings yeah, and there's, I yeah. fourth. And I, we want to get up there. But, you know, honestly, if you look outside of just conferences, schools like BYU. Yes. Um, those BYU guys. Is, those guys, Nate and those guys at BYU, they, they, those, they put out some insanely talented stuff. And their students are phenomenal. Phenomenal. And, like, you look at that, and then you look at the Big Ten, and there's some great photographers there. Mississippi State's photographer is great. Um uh, Indiana is doing some good stuff, creative stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as a whole and a collective group, the SEC is by far none. But we're also the best athletic conference, and I'm just going to hide that in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and you know this. You've done this now long enough to know it's hard because if you as a team don't do well, it reflects on what you're trying to create. So yes. it helps that as a conference, you guys are way more competitive. So it's like – all right, we're not going 0 and 12 in football because I can't make a pitcher save my soul if that happens. Yeah, and the other thing is, is that you have a lot of eyes on it. Yeah, so you like, do. They're fan. The fans are just nuts, bonkers. Yes, my dad went to the military high school adjacent to whatever Texas A and M is, like okay. Saint Anna, whatever. Blah blah blah. So it was all about Texas A and M, like Texas A yes. and M. Texas. He was all about it, and this. But then the poor bastard goes to Colorado to play football and then gets his master's at Texas. So, like, but he also grew up in Oklahoma where his father went to school. So he was a mess sometimes on Saturdays. He didn't know who to root for. I was going to say, who did he root for? <laughs> he didn't know who to root and what, for. Was that the SWAC or like, it was, or not S, SWAC. It was S, S or S- uh, South, South Southeast, and some was in the Southwest. It was, yeah. Yeah. It was when there was like yeah, six so, teams and eight teams and yeah. So he had a he had a rough Saturday. Oh, there. a rough Saturday. <laughs> rough. Rough. I think that what's nice is that the fans are so hungry for content that even like Auburn last year with men's basketball. Um, when you lost to Auburn, they went on a meme trail on the opposing team. And I think the opposing teams like accounts like their photo of like whatever that photo of the final score went nuts. It went crazy. And I was like, why are the opposing fans liking and retweeting and going crazy on a account? Why can't they just go on their own? And I was like, they're generating more views and everything for the other team. Um, uh, and I think like when we watched, we just said, all right, have at it. Like that's literally what we posted. Right. Like, I, it was like, all right, have at it. But, uh, I don't know. I think I think the SEC is just there's strong content coming out of it, um, and then from from that it's there's a there's great teams, there's great athletes, and then on top of that, you've got great fan bases that, that helps. want it. That helps. All all of it helps. Yeah, I I am so glad I did not screw you up at Sports Shooter, and it all worked out. <laughs> Well, it definitely worked out, and I appreciate every. I think I, I, mean, I, I joke. There's a. I think you were the one that. I don't know if you 
were like, what the hell are you doing? But I think you might have probably said, what the hell are you doing? When I tried to set up a remote at baseball and you're just like, what are you doing? Do you even know what you're doing? And then you walked me through it and I was like, oh, is that what I do? Um, but I, I, I truly do think that my time at Sports Shooter, you, you helped out tremendously. And then following in this podcast and everything, it, it's it's really cool what you got going on. And um, I appreciate you having me on. Like, it's, I, I'm glad that you gave me the uh, Instagram post and said, hey, jump on. Let's do this. Well, it was, I know it's been tough because I've been wanting to get you on for a while, but then like, you know, your basketball team kept winning. Right. And then you got all, especially with COVID, that was the weirdest time for all everybody in the athletic department. And then you're winning and got to keep track and you start your freaking basketball photo shoot day. And know, <laughs> two weeks ago, and I don't even have a cross country schedule yet. <laughs> like, I don't, oh, I don't either. We're just making the photos so that we have it ready. <laughs> Man, I, I couldn't tell you what it is, but uh, yeah, no, I just know that I've got, I had it. well, truly, truly too. I knew I had a deadline because I was getting married. I was like, oh, I got to get all these photo shoots in because I got to get time to edit them right. or I'm screwed. Yeah, you can't be doing a photo shoot in a tuxedo. Got to get out of exactly. here. I can't be coming back from a wedding and going, oh, what do I do with this? Uh, <laughs> or having graphic designers email me going, yo, where are the photos from this photo shoot? Yeah, bro, come on, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I appreciate you having me on. This is this is great. I, I love catching up, and we need to do it more often. Absolutely. Um, give your soon-to-be bride a hug for me. I'm, she's got to be the best bride in the world to be putting up with this craziness between Indiana and Texas. And oh you know, yeah, and you know, college college athletic lives are crazy. You have such a short window. It's like July ish. Yeah, we have we have nine months, and then after that nine months. Well, we have nine months of grind right. of sports, and then you get uh, a month kind of off if your team doesn't make it to the College World Series See, or yeah. you go to Oregon. That's three weeks to, to kill you. You could have gotten those go three weeks Oregon, back. Yeah, if you go to Oregon or College World Series or even Softball World Series, you're screwed. Totally. Track. And then and then when you come back from that, now the, the expectation is that you're doing recruiting. And so we came back from that and we had recruiting shoots for the whole month of July for football. And then you wrap up that and, or, or the month of June, sorry. You wrap up the month of June and you're done with recruiting because they are on a dead period in July. And we're looking, what, we're, we're July 27th and football season's about to start. Oh. Like, it's, it's insane to think that way. And, and we had to get all the photo days in between July 1 to July 27th, so... Oh my God! Well, not not let me hold you up anymore. Get home to your soon-to-be bride and and get your day started. You're you're on the clock. You got eight nine <laughs> days to go or whatever it is. My God, man! Uh, you should see our house. It's it's <laughs> insane right now. I'm so ready for the wedding to happen so I can go. Okay, all this stuff can go away, um, and we can go back to uh, uh, ready for football season. So we're, we're excited, and I appreciate it, Matt. And uh, thank you again for having me on. Yeah, man, it's been my pleasure. I'm glad you're able to get the time we're able to do this. And like I said, get out of here. Go get a wedding done. Absolutely. All right, you're the best. I'll talk to you soon. Yep, thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to my conversation. If you enjoyed the episode, please click the like button and become a subscriber to the show. Remember, you can follow the Just Good Conversation podcast on Instagram, all of our past shows can be found on the website at justagoodconversation.com. Thank you for listening.